0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast, By the Still Water. Our purpose is to encourage your search for the God of heaven. Again, thank you for listening. Can you fly a plane? Do you think you can fly a plane? Would you try and fly a plane after only watching a movie where someone was flying a plane? Of course not. You would want some real, complete, and accurate instructions and some experience. This is not just a funny thought. Recently, an 11-year-old boy wanted to go to the store. When his grandmother would not take him, he decided to drive himself to the store. The police were amazed that no one was badly injured, but the grandmother's car and the storefront were destroyed. When asked why he thought he could drive himself, he said he had played video games with cars, so he was sure he knew how to do it. Many people have their ideas and images of who God is, what church is, and what worship is, formed by images from movies, television, and other fictional sources. They see fancy rooms, choirs singing and dancing, and preachers dressed in fancy robes, and think, that is what church means. On the other hand, they see the opulence and showmanship but then are asked to consider spiritual values such as sacrifice, morality, and service. No wonder people feel disconnected from the gospel. Others have the wrong impression about what it means to worship God. Some see it as time wasted or as an obligation to grovel at the altar of a being that does not care about them, but, as Amy from the Big Bang Theory once said, would take attendance. As difficult as it may be, I would like to ask you to set those images aside for a few moments and ask if those are the best sources of information. Instead, consider what it might have been like to be a Christian in the beginning of the story, long before there were grand cathedrals, light shows, and big productions. And as we do that, consider what has been lost in the noise of the modern church experience. The most basic misunderstanding is how we perceive the word church. In Boston, Massachusetts, there is a historic building called the Old North Church. It played a role in the early history of the United States. But it, and many others, also play a role in our misunderstanding of this word church. Many people drive past a building and call it a church. This causes a great deal of confusion. Compounding the confusion is the idea that a church is a political organization or an international business. All of these ideas are consistent with the modern use of the term church, but are very different from what existed in the beginning of the Christian faith. Now, we could talk about the Greek word that is translated church in the Bible, but instead, let's travel back in time and see what it was like in an early church. The kind of church that someone like Peter or Paul would have visited or worked with. For one thing, forget about a fancy building. What was called a church early on was a group of people in a local area. They may have met in someone's home, in a stable, or maybe on a riverbank. There were no fancy altars or icons to be seen or even needed. There was no pageantry or ceremony. They came together in peace and in mutual support in a world that was sometimes very hostile. In a time where the divide between race, gender, and social status was very apparent, These gatherings often were a wide mix of men and women that included rich merchants, soldiers, slaves, and former religious teachers, people from just about every walk of life and social station. The people were from different ethnic backgrounds, religious backgrounds, or national backgrounds, but saw one another as equals and closer than family. What had brought them together was something that they shared, a passion and devotion to a story and a hope. So picture for a moment that you were living in a medium-sized city, somewhere in the Roman Empire. A friend of yours has been acting strangely as of late. Your friend's behavior has changed. Where once they treated foreigners with disdain, now they speak to them with respect and kindness. Where once they had been loud and crude, they recently had quit getting drunk and their language had changed. But most of all was the change in their outlook and their goals. Where before they had been angry at the world for all the injustice they had suffered, now they were talking about the future with hope and something like contentment. You finally had to ask, what happened to you? Your friend looks at you and says, if you really want to know, meet me early tomorrow. It is the first day of the week and I will take you to meet some people. They told me things that caused me to change, but come with me and see for yourself. The two of you go to an unfamiliar house, and your friend knocks on the door, and someone quietly lets you in. It's clear people have been arriving from all over the community as you and your friend join them. They gather in the central courtyard, sitting or reclining as room permits. You see people mingling together that you never could have imagined would have met or greeted one another. Men and women, poor and rich. Slaves and members of the elite ruling class, all mixed together and talking as equals. Someone begins a prayer. It is a prayer of thanksgiving. It is not the repeating of a chant or an incantation like you had seen in many of the idol temples scattered around the city, but a sincere expression of gratitude for the blessings and the love of God. Another picks up the prayer, but this time the focus is the people that are sick that are in prison. And there was even a mention of the governor of the province and asking God to give him wisdom and mercy. Everyone listens and acknowledges the words and the ideas of the prayer. Someone begins to sing. The song was not familiar to everyone, but it only took a minute for the others to pick it up because the words were taken from a text that they had heard before. And after going through it once, everyone quickly joined in. They did not sing like it was a performance, but they seemed to be singing to each other, almost like soldiers on a march or family around a fire. The first song was about honoring God, and the second song was to encourage everyone to grow in their faith. Another focus of the gathering was sharing a very simple meal together. Not one meant to satisfy their hunger or thirst, but one they described as a memorial, After prayers were offered, each person ate simple, unleavened bread and shared a drink of a common wine. The focus was not on the food, but the shared meaning of the food, and everyone shared in that meaning. There was an excitement in the air. A traveler had arrived in town and had stayed long enough to gather with them. It was impossible to tell who the guest was by the way he was dressed or how he was greeted. He had no special robe or headdress, just an ordinary-looking man. He was not called Father or Reverend, but if any label was used at all, he was called Brother. But so was everyone else. The Traveler, who was a believer like them, clearly found the gathering familiar and felt welcome, like he had done this many times and in many places. They all turned to the Traveler in anticipation. He was carrying a copy of a letter that was being circulated among the believers across the region, and everyone was excited to hear what it said. The guest tells them about the origin and background of the letter, and then someone reads it out loud because there were some in the group that could not read or write. A copy of the letter was made so that they could keep it, study it, and refer to it later. There was a hunger for knowledge and instruction. As the contents of the letter was read, you noticed a name that seemed to be the focus of the letter. This one named Jesus, who was described as the Christ. When the gathering ends, you and your friend part ways. You walk away thinking of what you had seen and heard. The letter had spoken of love and goodness. You could understand the source of the change in your friend and in everyone you had met. You recognize the difference between the gathering and what you had seen in the idol temples and wonder what it was about this one called Jesus that could do that. This was a group like nothing you had ever seen before. This is just a brief sketch of what took place all around the Roman Empire and beyond. But what was spreading that changed so many lives? These people, like your friend, had heard the story of Jesus, and they would never be the same. The story had changed them. They saw a different world, a different life, and a different future than before. They had a new view of themselves and of others. They had a new idea about what was important and what was meaningless. They all had something that many, including the slaves, had almost forgotten about. They had hope. Let's put this story in the context of the time. If we think back, it was a time when idol temples were everywhere. In some cities, it was required that you make an offering to the main idol and its priests before you could set up a shop or bring your crops in to be sold. It would not have been hard to see the political and commercial corruption underneath. Some idol temples were brothels, while others peddled healing potions and charms. They supported a society that often condoned the abuse or neglect of women and openly encouraged racism and the separation of the social classes. All of it reeked of corruption, politics, and greed. But what had come along was a different way. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor freeman. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. These words are from one of Paul's letters the letter to the churches in the region of Galatia. When people heard this, they could tell this was not the same old corrupt idol worship repackaged, but a message of hope and forgiveness for everyone, no matter their station in life, no matter where they were born or what they had done in the past. And it came not packaged in a fancy temple, but in words and ideas, a message that was called the way or the good news. There are many descriptions of the early believers. One of those reads, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to breaking of bread and to prayer. Here is a real snapshot of what it was like to be an early Christian. This describes where the early believers focused their attention and priorities. Listen to the four elements listed. They were devoted to prayer. We heard that in the story. They were devoted to what is described as breaking bread. In this context, it is a reference to worship. They were devoted to sharing in the work that needed to be done. That is the idea of fellowship. And they were devoted to what is described here as the apostles' teaching. This is the source of the information, the way, the good news that we were talking about. They wanted to know the story, wanted to know what it meant To understand its implications for their lives and how to apply it. This was what was changing them from the inside out. The hunger for the information and understanding was behind the desire to hear more and learn more. Letters, like the one described earlier in the story, were written to spread the message. The impact of the letters was profound. Some of the letters were circulated to tell the story of Jesus from an eyewitness perspective, while others addressed and corrected problems or misunderstandings among the believers. Some were letters of encouragement to remain faithful, even in the face of hate and violence. All of them brought a greater understanding of Jesus and what it meant to be a part of the hope found in Him. The eyewitness accounts, the detailed breakdown of God's plan, the encouragement to remain faithful, were vital links in the chain described as the apostle's doctrine. How powerful is this? To have as the focus the story of Jesus and all that it means? In later years, tens of thousands were killed, some in horrible ways, for their devotion to Jesus and to the good news. In our earlier story, you experienced the believers singing songs of encouragement. Such a simple thing can almost be dismissed as insignificant. But it was not insignificant to those who were being led to the arenas to be killed. They had such conviction in what they had learned and in the hope represented there that it is reported that they sang these same hymns while being killed by wild animals or burned alive. The words devoted themselves was not hyperbole. They were devoted. But beyond the history lesson the message that was spread in the early days of the way, the same story, the same information, the same good news, is available to us. We can have the same conviction and devotion to the apostles' teaching, and we can still put our efforts towards spreading that same message of hope and peace, and we can still come together in simple worship and encouragement, and we can still reach the God of heaven in prayer. The things people struggle with in modern religion were not a part of the early Christian faith. There was not a fancy show or a huge corporation. It was believers hearing the good news, becoming convinced the story and the hope was true, and devoting their minds and lives to the God revealed in that story. There is an appeal today to reclaim that idea. Returning to being devoted followers of the teaching to the simple worship, work, and personal relationships with Jesus that changed the lives of so many, and in fact, it changed the world. You cannot learn to fly a plane by watching a movie, and you cannot learn devotion to Jesus by being entertained by a stage show. You cannot find the connection that the early believers experienced from looking at grand architecture. You cannot engage in the intimate sharing as they did through corporate religion. If you want to do more, than watch Learn to fly. Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true Word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at ByTheStillWater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Buy the Stillwater Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.